Welcome everyone back to the Book and Life podcast. I am here today with an exceptional writer that I had the most amazing luck finding one night and I cannot wait to introduce you to her. But first, I just want to remind you to check out Marianne Curley's The Guardian from the Time Guardian series as book five is in the works to be coming out hopefully next year. So keep your eyes out for that and make sure you're all up to date with the Times Guardian series. Now we're going to start and have a sit-in conversation with the incredibly talented Virginia Barlow. Welcome! Thank you. I'm glad to be here. It's fun here. Um, You know, the great thing about Book and Life podcasts is, uh, you know, we talk about books and we talk about writing and we talk about life um so yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be fun we actually had the book influencer on the other day um which is a slightly different kind of conversation that i i have with them uh because obviously we don't talk writing yeah (laughs) so yeah it was it was good but she went away with like 50 recommendations by the end of like the conversation so nice she's like her husband was like really you went shopping and she's like, no, 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 I was on a podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, it's kind of cool. Um, I love that too. I, I just love like sharing books because sometimes you get to meet authors you otherwise never meet. So, yeah. For sure. Yeah. So we're going to start off with the first section, which is about books. So what is the book that you have read recently that has stuck with you the most? Okay, so... The last book that I read all the way through was Stephen King's book on writing, actually. And oh, it is really? a very interesting book because he not only gives writing tips, but he talks about his career, how he started as a writer, different um, trials and things that he went through, and his incredible wife. And I, I really, really enjoyed that book a lot. Yeah, and I can imagine like his mind is is so unique with what the ideas and the stories that he comes out with that you know it's it would just be an amazing adventure into his mind and, and seeing how it works and would really be great for any writer I think to assist us in our in our journey so to speak. Right. So who do you wish that you could sit and just enjoy? Like if there was an author that you could pick what would like who would it be and would it be a series or would it be standalones it would be standalones um well actually there's several that come to mind i would enjoy a sit down with um i hope i say her name right jk rowling harry potter you did yeah oh that would be heaven i would thoroughly enjoy that and that's series obviously um and then I think I would enjoy a sit down with Barbara Cartland, who's no longer alive, oh, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, because um, I always say Catherine Cookson for me, because when I got into her, it was like I had just discovered her books and then I found out she passed away. Oh. And I loved her books because she wrote exactly as she would talk. So you would get like, the dialects of the different places she'd stayed and because she'd actually spent most of her life as working in the big houses as they would say um she was a cleaner and then she was a maid and then she was um a lady's maid 
it to her was just an outlet for all these stories and all these sort of things that she witnessed. And the fact she never had kids of her own and her and her husband ended up living in a, in a place called Hamilton. Oh, yeah. It was, um, it was so good for her because she actually wrote right up to the day she passed. She finished her last ever novel on the day she passed. Oh, for heaven's sake. She couldn't sake. type anymore. So she was just dictating into a, into a mic, into a voice recorder. And uh, somebody was typing up her stories. And I just think, wow, to, to go out at 90 as a dame right. by the queen, you know, it's like, yeah, like how, how it's, that journey's got to be amazing. Right. So I always pick her. Um, but for a living, I always say that I want to sit down with like Kelly Armstrong or um, Shirley Cannon, which I'm actually getting to do f- through this show. Because nice. if you, you know, you guys will all know by the time this uh, podcast comes out, we'll have already had Shirley Cannon on the week before. So, yeah, it's it's an incredible experience to sit with her simply because she was the first introduction I had to fantasy romance and the adult version. So I had only ever thought of fantasy and romance, same kind of idea as Harry Potter and J.K. Rowling and right. like that kind of YA children's version. I didn't realize that there was this whole other world of paranormal adult romances and stuff until yeah. I moved to Glasgow and then I went to a place called borders which was our version of barnes and noble yeah and i was just like wow (laughs) my (laughs) eyes just got opened i found her and christine freeham and that was me i was uh i was converted a little bit after that for for the longest time um but my husband was just teasing me there with my mother-in-law he writes i've got close to a thousand books in my house at the moment (laughs) um and i do i do like I get rid of some every year, but you know right. what you're like if it, as a reader. You, you you buy books and you're like, yeah, I'm going to read them, and then you right. read them, and then they just sit there on the shelf because you're not sure if you can part with them or not. Right, because they were so good, the, you just need it there. <laughs> yeah, in case you want to go back and read it, and I just I've got so many series as I love and authors I love. Yeah, so I, I have um I have close to a thousand books apparently according to my. To my Good for you. I should know he's moved them enough. So what uh what author sort of like in a sense of sitting and you're having dinner with them and you're just speaking to them, would you enjoy like the most to do? Mm, boy. I mean, I'll be honest, I would love to have dinner with Stephen King. And that you know, be an just, interesting dinner. Yeah, it would be a really interesting dinner. Um, I would also enjoy having dinner with uh, Judy Devereaux, um, Julie Garwood. Yeah. These are some of my favorite um, authors. Also, um, yeah, let's just stick with those. <laughs> well, you know, it, again, it could be I, it could be a nice big round table with yes. lots of them. Yeah, yes. I I think that's like what kind of um, draws me towards doing the romance cruise. You know, when you go for for a cruise, across, you know, around the Caribbean, but you're you're on board with all these romance writers, and you get to sit at a new dinner. You know, every night you're with a new author at the dinner table, 
And I was just like, oh, the conversations I could have. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. It, I would I would be well known. I'd be one of the well known guests by the time I left. Yes. My husband's like, I wouldn't I wouldn't go with you. It's a floating prison. <laughs> no, not happening. Right. So I'd be on my own. But um I watched the there's a there used to be a book convention in Ireland at the Titanic Centre. And it's our version of the Romantic Times convention. So ah. it's like red carpet and they take your picture and they they live stream it, right? Wow. Well, they they put it on the television in Ireland and it's it's just the most amazing experience. And I never got to go and then COVID hit and it hasn't seemed to come back yet. Aww. So I'm a bit like sad, but you can just imagine having all those parties on the Titanic, like, re- you know, they've recreated it. It must be, it must be amazing. Sounds about it. Yeah. And I'm like, like, that is, that's a convention if you think on it. Like, yeah. And they have, they, it's really awesome because they have um, tables for authors to sign throughout the ship and they group them together. So there's like four together or six together and they kind of like spread it all out. But they keep everybody in their genre sections. That's where I would fall flat because I write romance, but I love all the paranormal romance right. reader, writers. <laughs> so I'd be, or all like the cowboy romance writers i would so not end up in either situation i would be sitting there like i want to be over on the other side right (laughs) i'd probably spend a fortune in books actually thinking about it coming back but yeah wow is there like a convention that that you are dying to see and that you're dying to go to um i haven't really looked at them a lot since covid i've mostly been here busy um but it definitely sounds like i need to check them out and do some traveling those ones you're talking about sound wonderful. Yeah, and it's like we have writers retreats here now, which have finally just started to kind of happen again. So there's one in Ireland coming up, and it is literally you would just you just get absorbed by Ireland for like yeah. seven days. And there's workshops, and there's breakfasts, and there's walks, and yeah, I would I'd love to go to that retreat, but that's so expensive. Is, For me is, to get to Ireland, yeah. Who's uh, who's putting on that retreat? Oh, I don't remember off the top of my hand, but I do believe it's like an Irish writing group that's over there that does it every year. So um, I know Wild Rose Press is Press. going to be there this yes, year. Yes, they are. Yeah, so um, I must admit, I was like, I, I said to um, the owner, I was like, you should come over and I'll show you Sterling and parts of like, Scotland you wouldn't otherwise see and she got really excited about that I was like yeah you can go to Stirling Castle and see where the Queen of Scotland was and the King of Scotland was and we can tell you a little bit about some of the betrayals and the running around the uh the corridors and hidden passages and all sorts nice Um, so yeah yeah I love I just I love being around history when I write that I'm so lucky to have grown up in Scotland and particularly to grow up in Shetland where the Viking culture is so thick yes, that it is almost impossible to ignore it and it just seeps in and it just helps with that kind of, if you're doing a period drama or you're doing like a historical romance, you just, you just seep into it and right. it just takes you away. I love it. 
I, I yeah. love writing around that. Yes. So is there an author past and present who's influenced, inspired, and made you excited about books? And you don't have to pick one. You could you can pick a few if you want. Yes. Actually, um, my, I guess you could say my writing career sort of started and, um, Barbara Cartland, once again, she was the first romance novels I ever picked up. And I, you know, snuck them from my mom's room <laughs> to read them. And I wonder how many of us started. actually started that way. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I loved them. I loved them. I, I could read really fast. I'd sneak them out, read them and ditch them back where she had them, you know? So a lot of See, I wasn't there. as quick. I got, I got caught with um, Nels and Boone a couple of times and my mom's like, you can't be reading this. <laughs> she would yes. lift them off me and stuff. Um, yeah. So I had to get really, really uh, sneaky about how I hit them when I was reading them and stuff. Right. But um, I had dyslexia, so it took me it took me longer to read. However, it took her longer to realize the book was gone over time. Yeah. Because I knew where she hit them. <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's 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 fun because like I I look back on it and I think there's got to be like most of us have started off by sneaking, sneaking our mother's books, books. <laughs> romance away yeah that we maybe shouldn't have been reading right um but yeah i loved it and then what my nan did my my grandmother did when she found out that that i was a romance reader and i loved romance novels is she took me every summer to the library and she say right you've got to take eight books and i used to panic with this because i was like oh no oh no and she's like, you got to read all eight and take them back on time. Oh, <laughs> that was a like I and it kept me busy during the summer because I was so worried about not re- finishing them on time or right. having to go back and get them restamped. You know, like I would get paranoid and I would say, right now, I got to walk around to get them restamped. And right. she would be like, that's good. And I would I would walk away and stuff, but she was she was really one of these like people that tried to instill ladylike behaviors in me. So I had to learn cross stitch and knitting uh-huh. and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I was a total wild child when I when I was yes. around her to the point my mom she could she honestly has snow white hair. If she didn't dye her hair, um, she'd be snow white by now because uh, I was I was a tear away. Teenager. Yeah. I st- she says I still am. I'm 33 years old. I'm like, no. It takes too much energy to be a tear right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. So, we, yeah, we we have those those uh those giggles as I as I put it. So yeah. Um. So what? What was I going to say? <laughs> that can show you how good my day's going. Uh, what? What time? would you go back to to visit like is there a time and a place that you would just absolutely love to visit i think i'm going to say the 1600s and i would pick ireland for that okay i think that would be such an amazing time through then but would you go back as a writer I'm sorry, I didn't hear what you said. Would you go back as a writer? So, like, you can uh, you can go back with, like, 
one sliver of knowledge, either the modern world or how to be a really good writer. Like, that's always like the little fun thing I like to throw out. <laughs> wow, that's a dilemma. Um, I would go with how to be a really good writer and go back. I must admit, so would I. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to remember modern times, to be honest, because I think it would ruin the experience of being back in time. Right. Um, for me, I'd like to kind of go back in time to when, like, the land was open and you could ride around. And um, I'm talking about, you know, in America where you could go and right. you could ride, and there was no fences and land wasn't divided up and you could stake your claim and right. live off the land that kind of way I would oh I would adore that um, but then I, I'm a hunting horse riding kind of girl so yes. I think that would that would play into it a lot and I also really wanted to see the prairies um, oh. when I visited LA that was my best experience I best trips hand down I've ever been on um, I fell in love with LA I had a lot of friends over there nice um, so I definitely want to go back and see a bit more of the States. But yes. my husband's like, let's not take you to Dallas. There's <laughs> way too many things you like in Dallas. I would never get you to go anywhere. So, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I have a small addiction to cowboy boots. And boots. Oh, really? So, yeah, I, I yeah. spent like two hours in a in the cowboy boot store in L.A. trying to pick a pair of cowboy boots. And, uh-huh. Yeah, he said it was torture. Yes, especially if he, you know, wasn't really there for him. Oh, no, <laughs> he hated it. He hated it every minute. He actually ended up having a full conversation with the guy that went to the place. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> you know, and this guy was like seven foot six. He was huge. And my partner's not a small guy. He's six two. And the two of them were just talking away. And, and, and he turned to my, my uh, hobby now and he was like, y- your wife's actually quite tall, you know, considering my wife's like four foot two and Ian's like don't ever tell her that he says I'll never get her to never come back to the shop again if you tell her that so he waited till I came to the desk and he's like you're really tall and beautiful and I'm like oh thank you and he's like oh shoot here we go you know Uh this is a tougher question um have you ever picked up a book and then wished you had never read it and why yes um the scarlet letter i started to read that book and i i just didn't like it i didn't like i guess the whole idea of it although i don't know i did i didn't like the idea of putting a a letter on saying oh hey i'm an adulteress you know and then having to yeah. wear that around that was so I didn't finish reading it. I did watch the show later because I, you know, was a little bit curious, but I I didn't like that story at all. I must admit, I've not read it yet. However, I'm curious about reading it. And it's been one of the ones I have, like, I always try and make myself read one classic novel a year. Uh-huh. And I think it's because it really reminds us of how far the novels really transformed and progressed and I like to just kind of remind myself that when I'm feeling particularly like my my writing sucks or whatever that you know how far we've come as writers and 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 to to almost like appreciate the journey 
Um, so yeah, I I must admit it's on my to read list. But yeah, I had the same reservations of whether I was going to like it, whether I was going to hate it, and things like that. Um, but I love Leslie Pierce because she actually asks a lot of really good questions when she writes hers, her uh-huh. um, historical dramas. I read The Gypsy. It was amazing. And it was like about this girl who goes out to New York um, because both her, with her brother, because her parents have died and she's been orphaned and they have not a penny to their name. And out there, they decide to go to the goldfields. And it's about their journey and the man she meets and marries. And But it, she's like on a journey for self-discovery and strength. Okay. And it's so amazing to see like the things she overcomes. And the writing of that was... I reckon one of the one of the best that I've read outside of um, Paul Dark or um, Catherine, and I I recommend it to everybody just to try it. If you've never tried a Leslie Pierce, that's the one to start with. Okay, I'll one. write it down. <laughs> oh, it's it's beautiful, and she does uh, contemporary ones as well. And it's, again, it's almost like you're on this journey to find your inner strength and to find out who you are. And it's just the way she does it. I I wish I could write the way she does. I really do. Definitely sounds worth checking out. I will write that down and read it. Thank you for that. I am am terrible for this because I, like, introduce people to all these books and then they're like, I spent, like, a you know, then they come back and they tell me how much they spent. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, that little bit of guilt you feel like. Yes. Yeah, somebody's going to have a big, big library like me, too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so let's uh, do some uh, talking about your writing and a bit, bit about your career. So when you, because we all know that every story has to have a villain. Um, yes. And every story has to have that kind of dark deep bad character that just tries to ruin everything how do you go about creating the ones in your stories and is there one that you would say hasn't left you is lingering a little bit still or you wish you could write more of um one of the darker characters yeah um okay so the first part of the question usually when i'm writing and I, I'm writing, you know, of the villain. Yeah. Um, I try to ask myself what could go wrong. You know, what is this person thinking and from their perspective? And so I try to follow that. You know, what would I do if I was a bad guy, you know, and trying to stop this person from whatever it is. And um, I have had dealings with narcissists a lot. And so um, I have put a couple of narcissists in my stories because of personal experience. And um, they're very interesting. Um, I had one person comment on one of the stories that has a narcissist in it that um, this person felt like my um, antagonist kept going on and on like the Energizer Bunny. And I thought... (laughs) Well, that's what they do. They don't give up. They just think up another angle, you know, and so that's what I try to portray. That is a very weird sort of visual, though, if you think about it. 
<laughs> yes. Like, how did she continue reading if she kept imagining this energetic bunny rabbit? Just, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yes, oh, it is a weird I would, visual. I would have asked so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any of your villains that's uh, stuck with you, or? Um, I'm thinking. Let's see. Um, it once again, it would probably be the narcissist, but that's just because they were um, based loosely off of personal experience, and so as yeah. long as as that person's around, you know, that experience just keeps lingering and. So I would say that um, generally I, I, once I finish the end of a story and I've taken care of all the loose ends, then it's done in my mind, you know? So if there were anyone, it would be the ones that resemble the, the narcissist that I've known. I admire that, that you can actually close the, the book for like the story to be done, to be, you know, put away. I must admit that's my Achilles heel, heel for me is writing the end. Because yes. I never want to close the book on the characters. I never want to leave their world. And yeah. I think that's why I've always been a series writer on a quad. Like, I, I write four in one kind of thing. I uh-huh. very rarely do a standalone because I hate I hate it. I'm, like, even the standalone I did, at the end, there's this scene that's like, the brother comes in, the brother-in-law comes in, and it's like, little threads that I could like pick up and then go on to write the next book if I wanted right. to. And I'm terrible for that. And I do it with everything I, I write. So, um, yeah, I admire people that can close the book and just be like, yeah, this one's done. I'm happy with this one, you know? Yes. I, I, I uh, think that's, um, sorry, I think that's like a dying art form now. Like, I think we're seeing more writers that are writing series is because, they get so invested with their characters that they don't want the stories to end almost. Right. Would you, would you agree with that from what you've seen as a writer or do you think? Yes, I do. I've seen a lot of series and I I actually do have one that's that same way. I left some little silver threads there and I really, really fell in love with those characters when I was writing them. That was my second book, A Fallacious Seduction. I loved the characters when I was writing it, that story just wrote itself and I left little silver threads. Um, my hero has brothers, you know, my, uh, protagonist has a best friend and I know that's a little cliche, but I really wanted to go write some more about them. And And if it's a really big world, like if you create an entire universe that you're going into or a world you're going into, I think we, because we put so much into that world and we take a lot yes. of our personal experience and put it into that world. It's almost like you're like, Oh no, I can't do it. Like you, you just get that. You get the next idea of the next book yes. in that world. And it just keeps building like a, a snowball effect. Um, and I know that's, that's what happened to me when I started writing the Marie's world series, we started off with, okay, we'll, we'll make it eight books. And then eight became 16 and then 16 became wow. 32. Um, it's 32 planned out, but we've only written five. And uh-huh. it was just simply because the world we had created was so big and there was so many different layers to all of the characters that we just, we just got 
lost in it and we just got washed away into this kind of like into that world entirely to the point where we couldn't actually sit down and write anything else and it it was like it was a bit annoying because we just couldn't walk away and write anything else so um i i love those worlds though i think i think yes. they're the best ones to connect to if you're a reader as well um so yeah so what inspired you to enter into the romance world with your um, own voice so we talked about me sneaking my mom's books and I was just hooked from that minute when I went to high school I was delighted to find they had a romance section and that is all I checked out like constantly the librarian took me aside one day and asked me if I really felt like that that was good for me of course I did, you know. Of course, it's. I, I think for me. it's every girl's dream. Like we all want that perfect, happy ever after love story, and I think there's they're an escape too. Like there's yes. not that kind of weight to them that a lot of other genres have. Yes. Um and that's what I loved about them growing up too. Like I just like the idea. Oh, I can just escape for like a good chunk of time. And yes. then I can close it and it's over and it's done with. Um, but of course, then I just, I, I'm one of these curiosity cats kind of per- people where I was like, oh, what's this aisle like? And oh, I want to try this genre and mm, I have to try. Th-. And it just exploded my whole world to the point right. where I was like, there's a lot, there's a lot of different genres. Um, <laughs> do you, do you ever get like a moment where you're writing something? And then you sit down with your editor and you're like, um, they go, you do realize you've combined three genres. You ever done that? <laughs> um, not so much until I am filling in the paperwork and they're saying, what genre does this fall into? And then I have to stop and think about it and think, oh my goodness, yep. <laughs> it's this and it's this and it's this. This. So, yep. Yes. Yep. I, I mean, I, I was having a laugh with, um, with the influencer yesterday um i was sitting and i was reading the notes from my editor my my independent editor which i i do before i submit a book because of the dyslexia and she's like crystal you've managed to combine women's fiction romance novels sports romance and contemporary (laughs) romance how you have to pick one and i'm like but i can't pick one i have to just write what i love and like you know and i i'm lucky like because some of the like rose uh wild rose press is really great and i've spent a lot of time talking to them and i i even said to them i'm like yeah when this arrives it's going to be women's fiction contemporary romance and maybe (laughs) some sports romance sorry um (laughs) and they were like just finish editing it it'll be all right just yes. it'll be fine it'll be fine and i'm thinking yeah yeah wait wait till you read it because i like my backstory i like all my characters stuff backstory and i i don't know if you agree with this but i yes. think we connect with people more if we have like a lot of backstory we, we can understand why they act the way that they do or why they're running from love and i just i make that point of making sure that my readers have plenty so that they can like see this as a as an actual person rather than just a character in a book right right so how do you do that when you're when you're building your backstory is it like a notebook kind of style or do you use dream boards or vision boards or whiteboards 
Um, I use the notebook style. I usually write my characters out, write their backstory, um, what their goals are. And so I have a page for each character that I have all listed out. Oh, it, wow. it helps keep me keep them straight and as I'm working along. I find, like, particularly with the descriptions and stuff, like, when you're doing, when you're going from one book to the next, you kind of almost have to keep tabs on, like, that, because people don't stay the same all the time. Right. So, I almost, like, like to make small adjustments, like, they'll cut their hair, or they'll dye their hair, or they'll, you know, go to the gym, and they might drop some weight, or they might put a bit of muscle on, or, do you know what I mean, depending on... Uh, obviously which story right I'm, I'm writing and I thought that that was a really good way of moving a series on because it's almost like a, a time like a reminder that time moves on right do you like using that trick too or is that one that you don't really ever think about too much I, I haven't thought about it because I haven't written a series although that is definitely something we're thinking about and it makes sense because if I were reading a series and saw they were changing it would um, make it more realistic for sure because you're right people are, are always changing yeah I mean because I learned so it's, it sounds crazy but I've been writing for over 10 years and it wasn't until I started doing the BA honors course um, in creative writing in English here in the UK with Open University that I was like oh my gosh, there's so many tricks that, like, I just wasn't aware of. Like, you know, using people changing their clothes, uh, meal times, changes of season for moving books along and keeping, like, almost track of how long the story is going on for. And I just, I, I've started to make sure those are in my books now. Like, so I keep track of the days, I keep track of like, and I make notes. So like, I'm like, okay, so maybe we don't have them be around each other for a couple of days. And right, how do I show that it's a couple of days later without just coming out and saying two days later, you know? Um, and I just think like little, these little tricks that I've picked up are going to be so helpful for me moving forward because you just don't realize that that's stuff that, that people have been putting in their books for hundreds of years is these these little like season reminders and um, whether it's flower blooms or whether it's changing of weather, changing of temperatures, things like that. Um, I think the the one that hit really home to me was uh, Thomas Harding, Far From the Madding Cry. And it's landscape. It's like, it, it looks you're looking at the environment around the characters a lot and he's very descriptive of that and it you could really track it he wrote it at four different in the four different seasons and he wrote it for a magazine and it was released during these seasons and i was like wow you can so tell like how he's done it was just really quite inspiring and really kind of like intriguing and it's the same with there's a very famous author called Ali Smith and she does it as well um, you know she she sets out these these great seasons and these great little time jumps so that you know that the time's moving forward but I like her book because like her opening line to her book The Hotel World is woo that's her opening line like 
I'm sorry. When you open the book and the opening just sentence is woo, it right. sticks with you. I, I I was like, wow, I quite like this writer. She's got a sense of humor. I think I'll I'll be okay with this one. Um, yeah, I liked I liked her a lot, and I I never I would never have picked her up if it, if it wasn't for this course. Um, but yeah, I, I've I think as writers, if we're I think you've got to learn as you're writing because it almost we're on a journey too that our books show our progress through that journey if that makes sense yes and i just love that i love yes. watching authors develop and change and, and to see their growth and i think i'm now kind of getting to that point in my life where my stuff's growing with me rather than me desperately trying to hang on to lots of detail and and like I used to put on these menus and these vast table scenes with all this mouth-watering food and the amount of readers that was eating me crystal you made me so hungry in that chapter I had to go have dinner or I had to go eat something <laughs> um and it and it was like but I would get so caught up on those scenes that I almost would forget about all the rest of it like all the other little tricks I could have done to move uh -huh. it forward rather than making somebody go, Oh, I could go roast chicken with herb toys and roast vegetables <laughs> and oh gravy that's made from scratch like that's the kind of detail I put into this. Um yeah. into the food kind of thing. And that is my weak point and I, I say to an editor if I know there's food in it, I'll go, I'm really sorry, but I would recommend that you have a snack nearby <laughs> for when you read this because yeah it, it, it's gonna get hungry in there um one of my recipes that i used to make it was called a vegetable bucket made it into marie's world and one of the readers actually started to make it as it was like in the book and she said it was the best snack healthiest snack she'd ever had because you just chop up some vegetables and you put them in a bowl with like butter like uh -huh. a little bit of butter in it and then you stick it in the microwave for like three four minutes and it's like it's just it's they're soft and they're there's a little bit of a crisp to them and it tastes so good but it you've also got wonderful. that yeah and you get the creaminess and she's like now if i get it like you know when you get that little bit of hunger at midnight if you're up riding she's like if i get that that munchy stage of her night she goes and makes that and it drives her partner crazy because she's like they can hear like the chopping board late <laughs> at night um and the other one i did was spiced uh roasted apples where i took the core of the apples out and i took dried fruit which i had um put like sugars into so you had like a little bit of brown sugar a little bit of white sugar and you you kind of rub it together with like uh -huh. some rum in it or whiskey and then you fill the apple up and you wrap them in tin foil and then you stick them in the oven for 20 minutes. Everybody said that it was the best thing they'd ever tasted because they all went away and they made them. I apologize now, guys, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, Crystal, I'm on my way to work and now I'm hungry. But <laughs> I use food as like one of my, my hooks in my books. Do you have any particular hooks that you like to use? Um, definitely not that mouth watery ones. Um, I 
don't know. <laughs> I guess I haven't really <laughs> I thought about it. Yeah, I put you on the spot with that one a bit. I yes, like to like because it's it's great to have a conversation where you kind of like just talk about different techniques and different things that you can try, and different little techniques that you know makes it more experience and a better experience for the reader. Yes. Um, so I love sharing things like recipes. Um, I did I did like my my world strongest chili pop was in one of my books and I, I shared that with one of my friends he went away and bless him he said he ended up in uh he ended up not able to finish it because it was so hot and this <laughs> wow. was like the guy that would put like extra hot sauce and things and things like that but my and I can't have chili because I'm allergic to chili completely uh-huh. shuts my throat down but because I'd, I'd done a lot of chefing with my mom, my mom was a master chef, uh, or is a master chef, so I spent a lot of time cooking with her and baking with her. And I would come up with all these different concoctions, and she'd be like, where are you getting this from? Like, the night I made my dad um, trico chicken, which is like a, a syrup, uh-huh. and it's done in the oven, and it's got vegetables in it, and it's got rice in it. And he was like, it was so sweet. He loved the taste of it, but it was too rich for him. And he was like, he had to go to a meeting and his stomach just was off for the whole meeting. Oh, and he dear. had to come home early and he was like, I really enjoyed dinner, but I don't know what it did to me. I'm just, I'm going to go to bed. And I was like, oh, okay. Like I'd made this dish for a hundred other people. Nobody had a problem with it. Made it for my dad. Nope. He was like, uh-huh. nope. And my mom goes, treacle chicken does not sound good. And then she went in, she had a, a taste of it, and she was like, actually, really nice. You would not think of it. Um, so, yeah, I, I do that. And I make maple syrup chicken as well in the oven with, like, if you stuff it with um, butter and vegetables, and it keeps it so- like it keeps it moist for so much longer. But Interesting. you get that. Yeah, and you get the flavor of the maple without the whole, you know, the overpowering sweetness to it. Right. So, like, I love doing that for my books. I do apologize if I've made everyone hungry. I really do. <laughs> You're making me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it. But yeah, like I try and use sort of experiences that that I've encountered in my life to to add a little bit of realism to the books and maybe a little bit of fun too. Yes. So when you put your books together, is it like a movie or is it like a jigsaw puzzle? It's more like a movie. I I can see them. I can hear them. I feel what they're feeling. And it's yeah. definitely more like a movie. It's, it's so weird. Like, I have met people who've said it's a bit like a murder mystery for them, where they get all the, the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle, but they just have to sit and put them together. I've never been able to figure out how people do that because for me, it's the same thing. Like I close my eyes and I walk into this world. Right. And it's like walking down a country lane and all these little alleyways, like all these little lanes take me off to a different world. And it's amazing. The Like that's how my brain works and it stores every one of these worlds so I can go back if I need to. And revisit, yes. Yeah, and it's like a movie, and I get the popcorn, and I have my 
um, ice cream milkshake that I suck on and I, I watch it and then I write it down in bullet points. So I break every chapter down to bullet uh-huh. points per chapter. See, since I've done that, I don't lose as much. Right. Because there's nothing worse than if you're mid, you'll probably know this, you're mid-flow and somebody interrupts you. Yes. Whether it's a telephone call or it's your family or the dogs just peed on the floor. Um, something always interrupts you at some point and then you're like, oh no. And then you, you go and you deal with it and then you come back and you totally lost your train of thought. And yes. that that was why I did the bullet points because I'm like, this is the answer. Um so I highly recommend that to anyone who's yes. listening, who's starting out writing. Bullet point everything. It is is such a game changer and it's such a lifesaver. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is, is there a character that you've written that you would say has stayed with you the longest? Yes. Um, actually, uh, Lady Jane Lenwood in The Witch of Rathborn. She stayed with me the longest. I... Um, I still think about her sometimes. That sounds silly, but I do. Not, not at all. Like, I mean, it's it's, such, it's so funny you say that because sometimes I will be writing, like I've been writing Ride With Me. And that's about Cole and Lorna. But every so often I'll get Marie will walk into my brain and be like, uh, excuse me, I'm <laughs> sitting here, pay attention to and it. it just throws me and then I have to make notes because whatever she said is funny or is like the best comeback I've ever heard and I'm like oh I've got to use that in the next book I hate like my brain just sometimes though gets like it just doesn't want to let go of something else I've been doing so um, yeah yeah, I I love it when characters visit and um, some people think I'm slightly nuts because I'll drift off in a conversation I'll be looking at someone but actually, I'll be thinking of a story of your book. Yeah, yeah, and it's <laughs> I get ho- that. Yeah, and, and like, and the amount of family members that say to me, "Earth to crystal," and I'll be like, "I'm really sorry. I don't know where I went, but it was good." <laughs> yes, <laughs> you almost feel like that need to apologize to you're like, yes, it was really good wherever the heck I was. Yeah. I, I I always have a laugh with myself about that. Um, in fact, my my in laws think I'm slightly crazy, but I suppose that's, <laughs> that's a different okay. story for a different day. Yeah. Is there a, is there a character you wish that you could have written more of, or you would love to go back and write more of? Probably Lady Jane. That world, I I really had a good time with that book, and so I probably would go back and um, write some more of that world and the characters there maybe add a few more in. I I think I would really enjoy that. Is there like, but on your sort of into your romance world that you've sort of created for yourself, is there um, a type of job that you like the most, or is there a scene like a setting that you tend to drift towards most? I, I, I like historical a lot. I, I have written like three, um, contemporary ones now. Um, oh, cool! Two of them haven't um, come out yet, but we're in editing on them. Um, but I really, really like the historicals. And my first couple books were um, historical, and then with Lady Jane, I kind of dabbled in the paranormal just a little. Yeah. Um, Wilder Bastard was 
you know, historical. But then I, my contemporaries, I am delving more into the paranormal and it's been really, really fun. So I, I don't know which direction I'm going now. If I'm going to swing more towards contemporary, I'm going to hang out in the historical or if I'm going to go more towards paranormal because I've, I, I've been in paranormal. <laughs> and uh, did you do, did you enjoy your time in paranormal? Was it like, I loved it. I can, you can do so many things. There's it is no just, rules. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I must admit, I'm I'm a sucker for that too. I just um, I'm in the processes of editing the Orchid Guild that's going to Wild Rose Press, and it literally is two brothers are in love with the same girl. One of them uh-huh. is completely in denial, like total denial of I'm not in love with this girl, and we're all. I bet you every reader is going to be like, "Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah you are. <laughs> Who are you kidding?" And then you've got because this one is like. Celtic mythology lands in Reading, California. Nice. So it's like this lovely, you know, mountain town suddenly gets invaded with selkies and vampires and werewolves and witches and Welsh traditional magic. And it's, and what I kept, like, I found that my readers love diary entries. So what I did for this one, they all wanted me to do it like a paranormal one with diary entries. So I did that. So it has a little bit of feel of like, you know, Vampire Diaries, but uh-huh. it's like, you know, you learn what a Selkie is and it's a sh- like my particular version of Selkies is they're a shapeshifter. So okay. he is a seal. So he's been cursed to be a seal, but he's found ways to get back onto dry land. And when he is on dry land, he's forced to be a vampire. So he got oh. cursed twice, which is, I kind of feel for him in that regard because I'm like, Oh, dude, you didn't just get cursed once, you got cursed twice. And he has, like, this <laughs> constant need to go and be in the sea or be near the sea. Um, and obviously, if anyone knows where Redding, California is, it's right up in the mountains and there is no yes. ocean anywhere nearby. Yes. So it's, it's, I like it. And I like how I've set, set up that, that series. Um, and I really hope that that Wild Rose Press takes it because I think it would be a lot of fun and it's a YA too so I get to go back into writing YA for a little bit um, because for me if I write too much adult romance I get stuck so I have to like almost change it up a little bit and Uh and try and do other things Um, do you find that like that you maybe get to a point where you almost feel like you're burning out because Mm. you're kind of writing in the same sort of style or the same sort of way um, I, I haven't yet. Um, I did like, like we were talking about my historicals and then I stopped yeah. and did, um, my cookie story for the wild rose press, which, um, yeah. contemporary and it just, it, it actually felt good. It felt like, um, a dessert, <laughs> right? A nice, yeah. A nice break. Yeah. 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 And yeah I must admit, I, I, wonder like a lot I think because I've I've written so many stories not all of them have been published but because I've written so many I think that I almost kind of wear myself out because I only read that genre while I'm writing that genre so I think that I may be sick in myself because I'm reading it (laughs) writing it and living it and I think you, you know if you're doing that for like six months to a year you kind of burn yourself out you gotta get to that point of oh no oh no but yeah, no, I, I, um, 
I always like to ask that one because a lot of authors, you know, some some do struggle and some don't. So it's kind of fun to ask that one. Um, what techniques have you found the most helpful in your writing journey in your career? And what ones have you tried and wished you had never, ever tried? I read a book on um, how to write in different writing styles. And so they were talking about the person who likes to organize everything out according to chapter. And then they were also talking about the person that likes to just write, you know, don't pay attention to punctuation. Don't pay attention to spelling. Just write, just let it flow. And I tried the let it flow and it didn't work for me at all. I, I kept thinking, Oh no, wait, I've got to go back and put this in. This happened before this and wait, this has got to happen, but it's got to happen before here, but after here, And I was completely frustrated until I actually got little index cards and I set them all out and I just wrote chapter, whatever chapter it was at the top. And then I wrote one sentence, this happens in this chapter. And then I organized them all and um, it made it so much easier because once my mind had it, okay, this chapter is about this. Then I Mm -hmm. went in and like you would say bullet points and it was like that, 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 that happened. And so it just solved it all for me. All my frustration went away. All my anxiety of, wait, wait, I forgot this. Wait, I forgot that. And that really helped. Yeah. And I think like, you know, it's trial and error a lot of the time um, for you to like discover what works for you, what doesn't work for you. Yeah. Um, and that's what I love. Like I, I had to try so many different versions. I was the same. I tried writing just just jumping in and hoping for the best and I just I didn't I couldn't get to the end I just had I got so confused and in fact the editor I had at the different publisher at that time said you've written five sentences backwards how did you write five sentences backwards and I'm like I I don't know how I wrote five sentences backwards but I must have been like spinning my wheels to try and yeah. remember the next part that I, I actually wrote it down like the wrong way around. And I thought, wow, that's really telling. And um, I, and that's why I never did it. And the other thing I tried was um, talking to the computer, getting it to oh. write for me. But I couldn't do it because like, you've got to put the commands in. So you have to say like, new chat, new paragraph, um, indent, full stop, comma. Oh, wow. You have to remember every little grammar detail as you're going and I just couldn't do it I just couldn't do it I my brain got so scared that I wasn't putting the right that that I wasn't communicating well with the computer that it I just screwed it up and I was just like nope I have to take it back and I just have to write because I have arthritis in my hands so I was I was trying to find ways that if I was having a bad spell I could keep writing and I was just shocked. I was just like, why, why can't I get this to work? It, it um, interrupted your movie. Yeah, it <laughs> Nobody does. Nobody wants to think about indenting when you're watching a movie and you're trying to tell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or like I have a tendency where I will be very strict and I'll lay things out. Like he opened the door and he closed the door. And I almost like when I put it down first, that's really just a guide for me. But I have uh-huh. to go back in and sort of edit it so it flows a little bit better. Because you don't want to be reading, he opened the door and then he closed the door. Um, right. He, you know, it's the small details you want to read, not not the mundane things like he took a shower. 
you know, right. first thing in the right. morning for no reason. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I, I, I've learned from that. That was a technique that I had to learn. Um, I didn't realize, you know, was really important. And I got to, to sit and learn like there, you know, everything that your character does should be for a reason mm-hmm. and it should push the story forward. And, you know, don't get caught up on the fact maybe that you haven't put down character has a cup of coffee or something to eat or something to drink or, you know, um, but at the same time, have those little landmarks so that you know the passage of time. Um, balancing that has been an experience. Right. I, I think I've, I've, I'm still learning that. I think I will be probably trying to learn that balancing technique for, for, for some years to come. Is, is there any like tricks that you've had to learn to balance or? Um, here and there. One um, author I was reading, as her characters were traveling from one point to another, they were having a conversation and then she yeah. would throw in these things. They rounded the corner or, you know, they stopped at the stoplight. And so you were literally traveling with them in their car as they went and it was important that they got from here to there and also heard this conversation. And I remember stopping and looking at that and thinking that's so interesting because you're literally riding with them in the car until you get to the other place. It wasn't just, they got in the car and drove to the cafe. And yeah. so I've thought about that quite a bit, just putting in little things as you're going along so that you're traveling with the character. Yeah. And, I, uh, I, I love that. And, um, I think if as like as writers as we kind of progress I think we'll almost take a lot of the tricks that the classical writers used and we will start adapting them into new books I think for the longest period of time everyone was worried about pacing right that we almost forgot about all the other stuff in a way like I was terrible for doing that as well I hold my hands up and say I was I wish I had sort of took in my time a little bit more and just you know gone wrong um but yeah like i think i think it's i also think it's like style jet like you know we all go through fashions like with readers and i think we're so worried about trying to write for the readers sometimes that we we get locked into these situations as well um and i i would i would like to think as we go on that it will it will get better like that right. I will not just give in to the fashion of right different pacings and stuff. So we're going to go into the life section of this podcast where we kind of demythify authors. Because believe it or not, we are human. We have lives. We do not just um, live in houses with hundreds of thousands of books and never leave. We like right. to go to coffee shops and antique stores and, you know, we do lots of strange things with friends. Some of us more strange than others. Um, so we're, we're just going to de, you know, this is the part I love because it's like you're, we're empowering each other and we're holding each other up. But at the same time, we're like sharing tips and tricks on like de-stressing and, right. and our lives because there's so many readers out there that think that we're all filthy rich and we all have right. these big houses and we right. go to you know we we throw book parties and we have writers groups in our living rooms every week you know 
which right. sometimes is the furthest thing from the truth. But I like to I like to demystify us and try and uh, kind of make it make it a bit more um, human. Yeah, I think human's a good word for today. So, what's the first thing that you do to de-stress from writing and editing at the end of a day? Um, I go for a walk. I go find one of my grandkids, play with them. I go watch a movie. I go find my husband, see if he wants to watch one of the series we're watching on TV and just sit and eat popcorn and watch it with him. Just anything and everything that's different that gets my mind off of my book or just get me away from it for a minute, give my mind a chance to think of something else. And um, usually it's that. Go for Those a walk. Really like you said, grandkids ones. are excellent for that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I've got a niece and, like, I have gone to see her one day and I was so in my head about my book that she just pulled me right out of it. Right. And it was all, you're here to see me, so you're going to focus on me kind of thing. And it, right. it was so refreshing because I, I did. I, I literally got out of my head um, and I got in the car and it just, all the, the parts that I was stuck on just sort of evaporated and it felt great. So what right. hobbies do you enjoy and which ones do you wish you had more time to explore? Yeah. Okay. So I knit and I crochet and I do quilting and I, I don't garden per se, but I love roses. I love tending them. Um, I have, dabbled a little bit in sketching that's been pretty fun and um the work with charcoals pastels drawing pretty much um and sewing i do do that i don't cook a lot although i have you know when my kids were little yeah and i don't bake unless i get in the mood to go baking and then i want to bake but as in general that and i wished i had more time for all of them (laughs) yeah (laughs) like i i must admit yeah i have that those feels too I quilt as well. Um, I cross stitch, I embroider, um, I sew. Um, I'm yeah. terrible because I think my nan sort of drilled it into me. My thing yeah. is I'll I'll go and say to hubby, right, let's watch something together. And then I sew the entire time. And he's like, <laughs> how can you possibly know what's happening? And I, I could tell him word for word for what happened. And he'd be like, how can you do two things at once? And then Female. he started, um, you know, he's um, he likes to do 3D models and prints 3D models. And then he started doing the generation uh, for the, you know, they, they create a 3D image and, and to print them. And he started doing that while I was watching stuff with him. And, and I was like, so do you understand how you can do two things at once? And he's like, yeah. And that kind of <laughs> way where you're like, he's like, oh, crap, I know what she's talking about now. So, yeah, but I I love to do um, little craft presents for Christmas. That's my little thing that I go in, I do. So, like, you might get a cushion cover one year or hand embroidered pillowcases the next year or a quill or something. Like, I love to do that. Um, And when I moved down from Shetland to the mainland, I didn't have a sewing machine until recently. My mother-in-law bought me a little mini sewing machine so that I could do some quilting on that. Um, nice. Yeah, I, 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 I've I, been enjoying it, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how it, how it goes. Um, right. 
to be able to like sew my own blankets together and not be like going up to my mother-in-law's house and saying could you sew this for me please <laughs> like here's the yeah. wadding here's like both sides you just have to sew it together you know right um, i used to send it up to my mom that was my other thing i would be like mom i've done all the hard work on it all you got to do is sew it together here's the wadding here's everything and she would just sigh because she works in a care home so she doesn't get a lot of free time and she would just <laughs> sigh at me and be like fine uh, you know, like, so now I don't have an excuse. I can't just, like, put everything into a bag and then walk across the road and be like, here, please. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting back into the swing of things um, but for the quilting side of things because for so long I've I've just not done it. Um, so it's, right. I've, I've really enjoyed getting back into it. It, it. It's amazing how many of us actually do so and quilt and stuff. Right. You know, I, I think it must right. play into our creativity. Is right. there um, more crafts that you would like to try or haven't tried and you want to do that might clear your mind or just give you like time away from the book? Um, I think if I had access to a a painting instructor, I would like to check that out, you know, see, try my hand at it, see how good I am or not. You know, I think that would be fun. As the case may um, be, as I always say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I must admit, um, I can never answer that question because I'm one of these people. If I get an idea that, Oh, I've got to go try something. I just go and try it. Um, uh -huh. much to my husband's frustration with me. Cause he'll be like, what are you doing? What are you trying now? Do not injure yourself. <laughs> I'm terrible for the injuring myself part. So it's uh -huh. more of a case of he doesn't want to take me to any and be like sitting there for four hours waiting for them to let me go. <laughs> for yeah. me, um, in particular, I have a long-term illness. So that makes me slow down and really appreciate the day and smell the roses. What is the one thing that kind of like slows you down and just eases you through your day? Um, two things. Um, several years back, um, I had a pulmonary embolism wow. and I ended up in the ICU in the heart floor yeah. for 10 days. And it really made me stop and think about my life and my choices and, you know, how lucky that I was still alive. Yeah. yeah. And I, I suppose now, um, I'm in my fifties and I look back and so busy trying to care for the children, feed the children, get them to school. All of those things, it just seemed like it went by so fast. Yeah, it does. And, it really does. And so um, watching my grandchildren, once again, like I say, I, I want to slow down and play with them and yeah. hold them and those two things mostly. And I think if it grands is like the most special thing because, you know, you form a different kind of relationship with, with your grandchildren. And I think yes. that's, that's so important because to me, like my mom was always running about busy, um, didn't always have time for me and my brother. So every day my grandfather would come and play cards with me if I was off school right. sick or he would come in and make tea and he'd be like, right, come on, trouble, give your mom 
<laughs> four hours to do the housework or whatever, you know, and it was great because I had such a close bond with them in the end. Um, and they taught me so much. Like I would right. never have been a writer if it wasn't for the two of them because they, they just had this way of reaching in and being like, I'm going to inspire you to follow your dreams because that's the kind of person you are. You're too driven to stay here and just right. do the norm. Um, so my, my grand always expected really big things of me. I don't know if she actually realized just quite how big a thing she was going to get from me. But um, yeah, like my, my grandfather was a painter um, and he built, he was somebody that just couldn't sit still. And he had polio when he was really young. So he had one leg shorter than the other. Not that you would ever be able to tell looking at him. And he played bowls and he did architecture and he built bridges and then he would go and wow. he would paint and then he would sell his paintings. And it just baffled me that this man never seemed to stop. And then here's my lovely grandmother sitting downstairs um, who'd been a professional knitter since she was eight years old, crocheting and doing blankets and Right, you know, knitting all this amazing stuff and and doing lace work, which I always really admired. She did a little bit of lace work too, and crocheted lace, yeah, like Shetland lace. So it's like almost nice. like spider web thin, wow. and it is so stunning. And she was just amazing at what she did, but she also did sewing and she would do other things, and she taught me a lot about patience. Because she was like, you are going to have to learn patience. And <laughs> I'm glad she did teach me it. Because now that I'm older, I realize I don't have a lot of patience for myself. Right. I do for everybody else, but not for myself. Um, yeah. And so I, I look at like the pandemic the last year, you know, the last two years, I should say. And I ended up doing so much crafting because I couldn't write. I could not write because like I would write in a cafe or I would write in the hospital when I was getting arthritic treatment or whatever. And I found with the pandemic, I just couldn't do it. I got like this wall went up. And uh, so I crafted and I I was grateful for her patience then because I did a lot of paint by numbers and diamond painting and <laughs> yeah. stuff. And I was just like, you need a lot of patience for that. A lot, a lot of patience for that. Um, so yeah, yeah I, I, I was very grateful for that. So I think grandmothers are amazing and especially ones yes, that love to, to play and kind of get down. So when what's your favorite place during the day for you to curl up and read or relax? Is it your garden? Do you like going to cafe? Do you have a reader's nook that you like to just escape to? Um, I have like a sitting area in my bedroom. There's a couch and things. That's oh. where I like to be because nobody bothers me in there. <laughs> If I were outside, they would come outside. And be asking I have an office 50 too. questions, yep. Yes. But when I'm in my office, they bother me there too. So when I'm in my room and I close the door, then they leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, so I, mean, I, I, I love to curl up. Um, we have a beautiful garden down by a barn here in Scotland. And when uh -huh. it's actually nice and it's not blowing a gale and it's not raining like a monsoon, I will go out and I will sit outside and I'll try and read. Um, but I have not had luck this last couple of years because it's either been heat wave right. so that I can't sit outside or it's been monsoon weather and freezing cold. And by the time you've been out there for two minutes, you're like, 
chattering right. and your teeth are chattering and oh so I love conservatories I used to love my my aunt's conservatory I used to sit there and read um, during the summers and I love to I love to read in the car I love reading in the car it's a really bad habit of mine because I will I will dive <laughs> into a book and my hubby will just be like I'm a taxi driver he's like I'm driving you somewhere and you're totally in your book <laughs> So, you know, it's, it's a good balance. I, I don't annoy him if I've got a book. So sometimes if we're waiting around, he'll just hand me my book as if to say, please be quiet and read your book. Yeah. Because <laughs> his patience, you know, with me sometimes runs a bit short. But yeah, no, I, 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 I would love to have a house someday with a conservatory just so that I can sit and I can enjoy the warmth of the day and read my book and write and be comfortable. Right. And, yeah, that's right. my favorite. So we're going to go into the word game. Um, now, I will explain this a little bit because many authors have done this all differently. Everyone's done it differently. So you can either connect it to a book you've written or you read, or you can just say the first word, that, like the first thing that comes into your head. Um, all right. So whatever is easier for you and you have fun with, then uh, we will we will do that. So, the first word is lace. Um, so, the first thing that comes to mind is um, a fellow author, The Wild Rose Press. She wrote a book called um, Letters and Lies. Oh. And that book cover is so beautiful. It's a lady's sleeve with lace dripping off the end of the sleeve. And she's burning a, like a little note over a candle. I oh, love wow. that book cover. It is so pretty. So that's the first thing that pops in my head. <laughs> um, fabric. Oh my gosh. Okay. So Gone with the Wind, um, when she comes back to Tara and she pulls the drapes down, she's looking at, I don't know if she actually pulls them down, but she takes the drapes yep. and makes herself a, a beautiful outfit out of them. That's what comes to mind with fabric. That is such a good one. I like that. That's so cool. Sweetie wrappers. Uh, so I'm going to go with Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory for that one. I kind of thought I, that would come up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I That's why I always throw a sweetie or I'll throw like a really sweet thing in. Just randomly uh -huh. to see how many people is going to mention Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. Um, teacup. Okay, Jane Eyre comes oh, to mind okay. with that one. It just seems teacuppy. <laughs> <laughs> Funnily enough, when I wrote this word uh, game, I was actually watching Bridgerton. So that might be where I've gotten my ideas from. I don't know why. Sandwiches. Um, so there's a scene in Somewhere in Time, and I'm not sure if they actually are having sandwiches, but they're on a picnic. And I can see oh, her sitting there on the blanket, and that's what comes to mind. I hope there was a yeah, sandwich definitely. there. <laughs> I hope so, too, because, like, a picnic's not a picnic without a sandwich, in yeah. my estimation. I always say um, sloping or floppy hats, you know, like the really big hats that women wore um, sort of like when they go to the horse racing or back in the olden days um, when hats were like the in thing to wear. 
that one would have to be My Fair Lady, and I'm not sure if it's a book, but the movie comes to mind. They had fabulous. It is a book. I'm pretty sure it's a book. Yeah, I think it is a book. So yeah, I think you're right on that one. Yeah. And the last but not least, gloves. Okay. Sense and sensibility. I I hope that's the right one. Yes, I I thought that too. <laughs> the scene where he's I taking her glove too. off. Oh my oh, god. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. See see that slowness. Just oh, killer, killer. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So what um I like to do when I finish off at the end of this is is there a book that we should all be looking out for that's coming out that you're writing? And what is your book that you're currently loving the most that you've just released? Okay. Um, so I have two books, one that I'm all done editing. I've done the final approval on it's for the wild rose presses ice cream series. So it's a, a real short one and it has, um, which is, and it's very paranormal. And it's called Key Lime Coconut Curse because it needs to have the oh, the ice cream title. Oh, in the, and then I've yeah. done another ice cream one who should be out this year, I'm hoping. And it's called S'mores Siren Song. It's about a siren and a marine biologist. So, Oh, I like that. Yes. That is good. So those two. Like and that. then hopefully sometime later this year, I have Devil's Dominion. And- I like the title. I do. I love the title. Yeah, I love that title so much. Yeah, I, 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 I'm going to be looking out for that one now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, I do love, I love the idea of, of having an ice cream as part of your title. Yeah. Uh, that sounds awesome. Like, I, I remember doing a writing contest once where all we got was a sentence, and you had to write an entire short story off of that sentence, and the sentence was... And now the door is closed. And you had to come up with something from there. And I wrote this very detailed um, sort of thriller. And I'd never never read thriller before that. Um, And it was the first thing I ever wrote. And Debbie Glory read it. And I won the writing contest. Nice. (laughs) She was the one that patted me on the back and said, your detail and your eye for detail is what needs to be in publishing. You need to publish. Um, at which point I, I, I then started looking into it and I started pursuing it. Um, but yeah, I love, I love those games where you just get a, like a sentence or a word and it just sparks like a novel right. based off that or a short story based off that. I love doing those little things. Yeah. I used to hate them, but I have actually learned to love them. So yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. Well, it's been such a pleasure having you on today, uh, Virginia. I want to remind everyone that if you're following us on Stitcher Podcasts uh, with Stitcher Podcast, Amazon Music, Spotify, that we will be back next week with another great episode and an even more sensuating experience. <laughs> and maybe you'll learn a thing or two from a different romance author. But it has been a pleasure to have Virginia today. Everyone stop by Wild Rose Press and take a look and see if you can find your next heart-stopping romance. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure.